Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. You're listening to episode 107 of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton. This episode is part of our Vibrant Music Studio 101 series, and this building block is called Fun. Hey there, lovely teachers. Welcome back to the podcast. The building block for this week will come as absolutely no surprise to any of you who have listened to the podcast or read the blog or been a member of VMT for any time at all. It's all about fun. This word fun can sometimes rub people up the wrong way. So if you are new to the podcast and you're not sure what this is all about or you're Seeing the word fun and thinking, my gosh, they're straying from education and they're trying to jazz everything up and make everything sparkle so that it's not even work anymore? No. Let me explain a bit about what fun actually means. It doesn't mean that things don't get done. It doesn't mean that so much is about fun that there's no real progress being made or that it, there isn't a plan around it. In fact, it means quite the opposite. Around here, around VMT, we plan fun so that we can get the work done. It's one of our core scaffolding pieces inside Vibrant Music Teaching. Because fun can actually do the work for you. When you make your lessons more fun, when you use gamified strategies and creative activities to teach, your students actually learn better. And that's why it's so valuable, and that's why it had to be one of the foundational building blocks for this foundational series. So when we talk about fun with our students, we're talking about activities that are more engaging for them. We all know that kids are meant to play, right? They're built for it. They do it instinctively. It's what they're all about. And so when we make things more fun, more based on play, we make them more engaging for our students. This can help you to develop relationships with them, like we talked about in the last episode. So when you're having fun together, you're naturally building that relationship, which is also going to make it easier for them to learn and easier for them to stick with lessons long term. It's also going to make lessons go by faster for you and mean that you enjoy more of your day and are more fulfilled by your work. Having students that are engaged in what they're doing all the time, all the way through the lesson, is fantastic as a teacher. 
Fun can also make the learning more resilient. That means that it lasts longer. Students learn things more thoroughly, and so you don't have to repeat yourself nearly as much. And I think we've all been there, right? We've all had those students where you're sitting there explaining this word for the 50 billionth time, and you're thinking, when is this going to stick? Or is there even a point explaining this again? Whenever you're thinking that, you need a new strategy, right? It's not the student's fault. It's yours. You need a new strategy for teaching them. And fun and games and creative activities, they can help you to teach these things better so that your student's learning is more resilient. It lasts over the long term. You don't have to repeat yourself. And ultimately, they make better progress because they actually learn, right? Thoroughly and completely. Not only will learning be more resilient and engaging when we teach our students through fun and games, it will also be more flexible. And this is a huge one for me. Flexible learning means learning that you can apply in different contexts. So our highly test-based school system that is gradually changing, thank goodness, seems to be moving that way in most parts of the world. But the type of learning that it it drilled into students where they learned, you know, times tables and all of that, all the way up to dates and names and places and all these details that actually they don't need 100% anymore. I'm not saying we shouldn't teach people times tables, so please don't get me wrong there. But they don't need as many facts in this new world as they did before. Our education system was built to create factory workers for an industrial system that doesn't exist anymore. It was built to create people that obey rules and can memorize things so that they can use them. But guess what? We have a phone in our pocket for that. Yes, we still need to learn things, but the emphasis should not be on learning the details, really. It should be on being able to apply that learning in new contexts. This is what we call flexible learning. So that you can take something you learned about X and apply it to Y. Now, how does this apply to teaching music, right? We have a lot of details that we do have to learn off because we can't look up on Google every time we need to name a note. I'm not suggesting that we do. But what we do need to be able to do is take that knowledge that we have, that that's base E, for example, and apply it on the piano, and also apply it when we're writing it ourselves, and also still recognize it when the staff changes and the clef moves, and, you know, there's two bass clefs, or any situation where it comes up. And that's just a simple example, right? That's one note. It's not going to be applied in that many different contexts. But we've all had students who seem to understand something one place, and they can't digested enough to apply it in the new place. So that learning is not flexible when they're not able to do that. They can't extrapolate that data into a new context. Games make this more likely because you naturally have to puzzle through the situation. You have to figure your way through it. And that strengthens the learning to the point where you can apply it in a new context, with a new game, with a new piece in a completely different situation, right? 
that's the most valuable type of learning there is. So fun, it makes learning more engaging, more resilient and more flexible. But it needs to be planned. If someone says my studio is a fun studio, that's fantastic to me. But the reason I'm able to keep it that way is not because I have gimmicks and tricks and play games all the time. It's because I have a plan behind what I'm doing. Games, to me, are not a brain break. And if you see them that way at the moment, absolutely no blame attributed from me. That is how I used to see them too. A brain break, oh, they're fun, you know, five minutes, and yes, they reinforce some learning, but mostly they were a brain break. They were a way to get away from the serious stuff for a second. But that's not what they are to me now. Using games and creative activities is a core part of my teaching. It's how I teach. It's not one more thing to fit into my lessons. In order to use games in this way, you have to have a plan and a purpose behind them. And that's really where VMT came from. It's become so much more than that now. It has tons of courses and resources for all different aspects of teaching. But it started at its core. It was a games library. And the reason I built that games library was because I was so irritated by having to hunt down games to teach in this way, to teach concepts through games, having to hunt them down only to discover that they weren't actually quite the right level, they didn't teach the right thing, or they didn't teach it properly, in a pedagogically sound way. And in that way, free games were not really free, they were taking up so much of my time. And it was really inefficient. So I built Vibrant Music Teaching. That's why I started it. Because I want to use games to both preempt learning and reinforce it. And that's what I'd encourage you to consider doing as well. Not just games, but other fun activities. Lesson activities in general, right? Start thinking about what your students have coming up soon. And planning at least one game or creative activity to both preempt and reinforce that, meaning something to do before you get there and something to do after they've already encountered that thing. So I'll give you an example. Let's say a student has an interval of a fifth coming up soon and they haven't done intervals of a fifth. Okay, so before they get there, I would be playing a game like intervals, sprinterval, schminterval. And then after they get there, I could be playing Oh my gosh, there are so many interval games. How about Nimble Neighbours, right? I would be doing a lot more than that, actually, in this particular case, but that's just an example, and it's a simple way to start. Preempt and reinforce for everything that you do, every new concept. It will revolutionize just so much about the way your students learn and the way you teach and the way you plan your lessons and just everything. It's everything. And you'll have more fun. And that's so, so important. When you are having fun, your students will see it. You'll build better relationships. They'll make better progress. You'll be more fulfilled. And you'll also have a fuller studio because they'll be clamoring to get in, to get in on the fun. Parents love this too. They love to see their child learning in a way that feels really enjoyable for them. Because Like it or not, we're an extracurricular activity. We're not part of the core curriculum. We're not in schools, or at least most of us aren't. And so if we're not fun, 
We have to keep selling students on that again and again, and we're not going to bring everyone through that. Our studios are not going to be inclusive of all different types of students that we want to reach with music. That's a whole other discussion. I won't get into that now. But I'd love to hear about what you think of this word fun, what it means to you, whether you find the word uncomfortable, because I totally get it if you do. Not all of us will have this instinct, but for those who want to fight against this word fun because we think it means we're not going to be taken seriously, I do get that instinct and I'd love to discuss it with you. Head on over to the Vibrant Music Studio Teachers Group on Facebook to chat about fun and everything else we've learned in this foundational series. I'll see you there. Early on in this pandemic, I decided to keep the podcast a pandemic panic free zone as teachers look for a bit of respite from what's going on in the world right now. And that's going to continue. But if you do need access to resources, we absolutely have them available for you to help you improve your online teaching game, to get you set up, to help you with whatever you need. So if you're not a member, you can sign up using the coupon code online right now. You can use that for monthly membership and it will get you one week trial to the membership for just $1 so that you can test it out and get access to the resources that you need. Games for online teaching, creative ideas and tech help as well. If you are a member, all you need to do is jump over to the library or into our community forums and we'll be able to help you there. See you on the inside. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.